Free agency frenzy comes to a close in day one. The Bears were active in signing Larry Ogunjobi, but what are me and Lester Wilfong's thoughts on the deal? What do we think about the Bears in general, and how do things shape up for day two? It's all coming at you on this episode of Bear With Me. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. And Lester, it is past midnight. It's 12.08 Central Time. (laughs) I like to think we're done with day one so far, which means we can recap it. It's a day in which Ryan Poles told us he wasn't going to be very active, and yet we did see a splash signing, drumroll please, on the day. Defense. How are you feeling overall before we get into Ogan Joby specifically? Yeah, my overall thoughts is day one went about like I ex- expected it to go. I mean, I thought maybe there'd be a bigger splash on the O line or wide receiver. I wasn't expecting it to be defensive tackle, but the fact that they only made one one real move, that's expected because what, what, what did Ryan Pohl say at one of his press conferences? That he's going to be more active on day two, day three. He'll let the market come to him, and that's what we're seeing happen. We definitely are. If anything, I think I was a little bit surprised to see just how many guards and centers flew off the board and as quickly as they did, though, to be fair on the center end, almost all of them, if not all of them, went back to their original team. So as much as sure, I could bemoan the fact that Brian Allen seemed to sign for a very amenable $8 million a year over three years, and that maybe the Bears could have thrown $11 million at him or something like that. Not only would that have been expensive for a two-time ACL, Tear player, but frankly, Lester, who's to say they didn't try, right? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of Bears fans connected the dots, myself included. It just seemed, seemed like a no brainer. He was coming off a championship with the Rams, he's from you know the Chicagoland area, just made sense, but not everything makes sense. You know, maybe the Bears did come over the top with it with a nice deal, maybe he wanted to stay in LA and, and go for a, a second ring. I mean, that's you know, winning a championship, uh, playing for a championship level Rams team at the end of the day, is probably much better than being on a somewhat rebuilding Bears team, even if you are close to home. I mean, you know, he's rich now. He he can fly home whenever he wants. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention, (laughs) Lester, I mean, okay, so it's one thing when one player, like Brian Allen, stays with his team, right? It's another thing when two players, Brian Allen and Ryan Jensen, stay with their teams. But when Brian Allen and Ben Jones and... Ben Jones, er, Brian Allen, yeah. Brian Jensen... Exactly. All of them staying with their teams. Maybe there's an aspect of this that we look at and we say, maybe centers don't really want to learn a new scheme. I mean, when Ted Karras and Justin Britt also go back to their respective teams, it could be kind of like quarterback, where at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins likes the Vikings calls and the Vikings language, and the effort required to go somewhere else is just a pain. I mean, I, I get it. It's not to say that centers and quarterbacks are exactly the same, but schematically speaking, those two positions might speak the most similar language out of just about any position on offense, right? Because they've got to call that protection. Yeah, I mean, that's, that has to be part of it. I mean, again, there's there's some low-level guys that the Bears could be, could be fishing around with. Who knows? It's it's day one of of the of the early negotiation period of free agency. 
you know, a, a lot of people wanted, you know, wanted more, but you know, there are several teams that have done nothing. You know, they're letting the market come to them. And, and that seems what, to be what, what Ryan Poles wants to do. He wants to wait and see what happens. You know, I'm glad he didn't go nuts with Christian Kirk. He got like what, 17, 18 million a season. Gracious. You know, uh, you know, uh, Zay Jones, how the hell is Zay Jones pulling in through three years, uh, $30 million, oh my gosh. you know, with what he did. I mean, that's ridiculous. The Jags went nuts. So, so hopefully the Jags is going to be the outlier and teams are, and these receivers won't say, Hey, the Jags did it. Why don't you do it? Because I don't think any NFL team is going to pay some of these other guys on the market the kind of money the Jags did. No. I mean, for crying out loud, Lester, by the middle to the end of the day, this whole market became a market that you didn't want to see your team showing up on the end of one of these. I mean, especially with some of the stuff the Jaguars handed out. I mean, you want to talk about expensive? The, the deal that Christian Kirk, who, look, I'm not the biggest Christian Kirk fan in the world, Lester, but gracious, even the biggest isn't going to compare him to an almost Amari Cooper-esque player. And that same deal that way meant too many teams, frankly, had bemoaned was too expensive days ago. Days ago, Lester, suddenly looks yeah. pretty amenable for a wide receiver one. But the Bears did show up on that ticker. They, they did make a splash at three de- or a 3T defensive tackle as they signed Larry Ogunjobi. What do you think of the player? Yeah, I haven't dove, dove too deeply into his tape, but I mean, he is a three tech defense tackle. He was signed big money to be the the engine of the Bears' brand new Tampa two esque defense. So, so that's what he'll play. You know, he, I, I'm not sure what he did in, in Cincinnati. I'm not too too up to speed on their their scheme that, that what they want to do there. You know, did he do more more one gap? Was it more two gap stuff? Was there more more read and react stuff there? In Chicago, he's going to be asked to penetrate. You know, he, he is going to be asked to line up in that gap and he's going to shoot that gap to try and disrupt an offensive play. That's what he'll be asked to do in Chicago. At that kind of money, he, he better keep up with the kind of production he did because I think he just had seven sacks in Cincinnati, which is, a, which is a, a, a career high for him. He had several tackles for loss. You know, he has done that in his career. I, I have him on my, on my dynasty fantasy team, you know, for the last few years. So, so <laughs> from, from a stat standpoint, he fills the stat sheet. From a production standpoint, I know we talked a little bit in, in, in the pre-show, his grades, you know, pro football focus grades aren't the best, but who knows? Maybe this is the bear scheme is a better scheme for him. Oh, sure. I mean, Lester, I am torn with a capital T. I feel like it's easy. I've, I've seen tons of this on Twitter. People either dunking on the signing or they like the signing. I mean, I couldn't be more on the fence, painfully on the fence, because on one hand, like you said, NFL Next Gen Stats says that Larry Ogunjobi generated 39 pressures aligned as an interior defensive lineman in 2021, which was tied with Cameron Hayford for the sixth most in the NFL. That sounds like about what the Bears are paying for, right? But then PFF grades, which I get it, they get a lot of flack on any site, because frankly, they can be a little bit obtuse sometimes. But even if we just consider them directionally worth listening to they had Larry Ogunjobi down for a 34.8 run defense grade and a only a 61.7 pass rush grade for an overall grade of 47.6 in 2021 now I've never watched him play not specifically right so I'm gonna be doing a tape study later this week I'm gonna try to get to know the guy and I'll post it on Windy City Gridiron whatever that looks like so I'm going to allow my jury to be out, but the three-tech defensive tackle position, as we know, has been described before as the 
engine of this cover two defense. So I'm not surprised that the Bears invested there. And frankly, if Ogunjobi can live up to the deal, it'll be a nice signing. But at the same time, the deal doesn't exactly leave a lot of wiggle room for him to be an underperforming player. I mean, he's got to rise to that deal pretty quickly. And frankly, Lester, when it comes to structure, I'm super interested to see what he's going to command because it won't surprise me just given the Bears cap situation with tons of resources, 90 million in extra resources or more starting as quick or as early as next season if this deal won't come with a couple of void years on it. But who knows? Maybe Poles surprises us and front loads it. I mean, it'd be surprising, but... You never know. If anything, I think there are going to be plenty of fans out there, Lester, that are surprised that if they got to pick one splash signing, of course, it's a defender instead of an offensive player. That's Chicago for you right there. That's what they're saying. But (laughs) we have to wait for the entire offseason package before we start, you know, lighting torches and getting our pitchforks out of the closet. Yeah, it's it's day one. It's it's early. You know, it's if if fans think, well, this is the big the big wad that they're going to spend here. That that's this can't happen because, you know, they need more starters on the O line. They need more starters at receiver. They need more starters in the secondary. So so they're going to go out and get some starter quality players here. And you know what? It may not be the the sexiest pick. It may not be a big you know ten million plus signing. You know, but they're going to get some quality players in here that they trust they can play. And and look, twenty twenty two season. Ryan Poles is not GMing for a Super Bowl championship this offseason. He's just right. not. I mean, this Bears roster no has way. a lot of holes in it. You know, he has to he has to build up things, what he wants to do towards the future. You know, he talked about building around Justin Fields with some weapons. There'll be some weapons coming. You know, it made it's it's not going to be Christian Kirk. You know, it's not going to be the, the, the you know the, the 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 real top end guys. You know, but you know Marcus Velda Scantling. He doesn't excite me on a personal level, you know, because I know he's going to come in with a pretty hefty, uh, a real, real hefty price tag, probably you know in a ten million range. But you know that's the market. You overpay for guys you bring in. You know, he come in, he'll know the scheme. You know, he'll definitely be a, a two or a three for you. He's not a one, but you know there'll be moves to be made here on the O line at receiver. They have to. I mean, speaking of O-line moves that have to be made, I I can't tell you who's like in the lead in terms of negotiations here, Lester, but setting aside that I do still think that Marcus Valdez-Scantling is a scheme fit and almost like it or not because his money's going to be too much. Like, I'd expect $11 million for a clear wide receiver three. I feel like, Lester, the big domino to fall in Chicago right now suddenly became James Daniels. Yeah. Like, I mean, Lakin Tomlinson signed. Uh, just about every other guard on the market signed. That's Brandon Scherf. That's Alex Kappa. That's Mark Glowinski. That's AJ Can. You've got tons of these guys flying off the market. And alone stands James Daniels, who's still there. So I, I almost feel like the Bears can't help but bring him back at this point, right? Well, if you look at all like the like CBS.com, uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, NFL.com, they all have James Daniels like as a top 20 free agent. So league-wide, his upside at his age, he, he's viewed as a pretty valuable asset that the Bears currently have. And, you know, will they get a deal done? We'll see what happens. But he does offer some 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 ability to play center or guard. So that's, he has that going for you. Uh, Cody Whitehair, who is still under contract, can play center or guard. They have that going for him. So they'll have some options on the interior. 
we have to see what happens at tackle though are they going to sign a guy like like uh turn armistead are they going to sign a guy like like eric fisher you know maybe they wait for some cuts and get a guy like uh, collins from the cowboys so so there'll be some moves to be made here pretty soon and one thing i know for certain the only thing i know for certain wherever tevin jenkins ends up whether it's a right tackle left tackle or guard he's starting for the bears next year Oh, yeah. If anything, Lester, it is hilarious to me how the value in this right now, the free agency class and the draft, tons of great tackles out there. This isn't a draft podcast, so I won't name drop them, right? But whether it's Taryn Armistead, Eric Fisher, or Leo Collins, who those latter two especially, probably because they won't be quite as expensive as Armistead and might play more games, are really intriguing. The question then just becomes, what are they going to do with Borum, right? Because Assuming that white hair right now is an interior lineman that is also positionless, right? Let's just say for the sake of argument that he could be right guard, left guard, or center. A tackle, the Bears have two of them, depending on what you think of Larry Borum. So if you do sign an Eric Fisher to be your left tackle, is Tevin your right tackle? Are you going to try Borum at guard? where I think he'd be a pretty woeful fit. I mean, to me, Borum is your perfect example of this long-armed pass blocker that might not give you much of the run game, but you know what? Sometimes he's just going to have to run out there and bump into somebody. Whereas I do think Jenkins could fit better at guard should he need to be. That just might not be worth the first-round grade and the positional importance and all the things that Ryan Pills talked about in his first uh, presser. But at the same time, you'd be filling spots. So I'm very curious to see what they do on this offensive line. And really, I only have just one takeaway, and I'm not trying to be too alarmist. You know this, Lester. We've talked about this. But the Bears have three day three, three day two picks and zero day one picks. You cannot fix an entire wide receiver room and also an entire offensive line with just that draft ammunition. Whether it's MVS, whether it's Eric Fisher, whether it's Lyle Collins, whether it's James Daniels, you gotta at least get one to two guys, or you're just not gonna be able to fill out a roster that's better than average in any category. And Justin Fields, the obvious face of the franchise, needs more support than he's got on the roster right now, which I don't even think anybody's gonna contest. The way the roster's set up now is, no matter who they sign in free agency for the offensive line, it's gonna be an upgrade. No, yeah. I mean, if you look at the Packers, the Packers have three unrestricted free agents, you know, and, 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 and each one of these guys have started, you know, a few games for the Packers the last few years. Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick, Dennis Kelly, you know, all three of them could come in and whether they're signed as a starter. I know Billy Turner started, I think, 13 games for the Packers last year at, at tackle. Uh, Lucas Patrick has started games at guard and at center for them. You know, these are guys that can come in. They'll know the scheme. They're not going to break the bank, and they can kind of help the transition go along. It's before the Bears get you know Ryan Poles' draft pick guys that come in because, like you said, they have three of those picks on day two. You can't have them all go to the O line. It'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be kind of fun to see it happen. Be, but it would be kind of fun. <laughs> but but what you're going to do is you're going to get one or two guys that you trust, and then the next year, and you you got to build the the youth up the old line up through youth you, you know you can't be spending it on these free agents even if they sign a guy like eric fisher you know you don't want him to be your tackle of the future because he's 31 years old same with a guy like uh uh, uh taron armistead he's 31 i think as well so you want some youth larry borum i like him i like this tape at tackle but i don't think these bears can go into this offseason thinking he's a starter i think at the at the, at the best case scenario you think okay He's a guy that will compete for a swing tackle job at this point. And then if he wins a job, great. One of your draft picks did it. 
But if not, he's on your roster. You can still keep developing, uh, keep developing him. Totally. And as soon as they've got guards that I'm willing to call NFL guards, I am with you on that. But until then, Lester, they got to fill some spots. Now, yep. you mentioned this in the pre-show. I got to bring it up as we wrap up. I am really curious to see whether the Bears decide that they're going to, let's say, play even more for the future and try to work that comp pick formula with Allen Robinson Almost assuredly coming out of Chicago. I mean, if he comes back, Bears fans are going to have to work through some really intense feelings, I have to imagine. So if he leaves and if he gets anything close to what Christian Kirk just got, and I think Allen Robinson's a better player than Christian Kirk, then the Bears are more than likely going to be due a third round compensatory pick next year should they get that home. So whether it's, like you said, some Packers cuts like Billy Turner. I don't think Billy Turner would necessarily qualify, but guys that that get released, especially around training camp, those could all factor into the compensatory pick formula, and I am very curious to see whether Poles leans on that. Yeah, the, the league year officially starts on Wednesday. So on Wednesday at 3 o'clock Chicago time, you'll start to see a, f- a few more cuts as teams because that's when you have to be under the cap. That That is the deadline for all these teams. Right now these teams are actually, you know, you, you can operate without being within the cap. But but come Wednesday at 3 o'clock Chicago time, you got to be at that cap number. So we'll see some more cuts. And we talk about a guy like, like Collins from the Cowboys. If he's cut as a cap casualty and if the Bears sign him, since he's a he's not a actual free agent, he's a street free agent. He was cut. His his contract didn't expire. He would not count towards the comp pick formula. And, and I forget who it was. Uh, one of the sites did a write up about it. But Ryan Poles and, and the philosophy they want to work that comp pick formula. Uh, his assistant GM Ian Cunningham spent some time in Baltimore. You know that's something the Ravens have been great at. You know for for decades now. You know they know how to work that comp pick formula. And the Bears have a few guys like you said, Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks. Uh, Bilal Nichols. These guys should get fairly decent money on the open market. It'll help kind of balance things out depending on who all the Bears sign. Because right now they have one big signing, so that's kind of in in that that part of the scale. You know, mm-hmm. if, if they have a guy like Robinson get signed big, they may balance each other out. If Akeem Hicks gets fairly decent money, now you may swing a, a comp pick towards the Bears side. It's it's a really odd formula. I find that OverTheCap.com does an outstanding job of explaining that. They break it down and they, and they make the, those, those those predictions every every off season. So keep an eye on that from those guys. But it's part of the game. You know, good franchises can play the comp pick game. The Bears have not been able to play that very good because the Bears have not been very good. No. They have not. And yeah, I mean, good teams lose more players, get signed by other teams. It really works out in a lot of their favor. It's one of the rare moments in the NFL where the rich get richer because they lose good players. Yes, but nobody's got that better value than somebody coming off of a Super Bowl win. But we're digressing. Like you're saying, there are enough holes on this Bears roster that whether it's guys like al Muhammad on edge or another Colts safety, Colts linebacker, different people to fill positions, this is not the last like signing on defense that we're going to see. And it's not as if you should bemoan any defensive signing out there. I am just curious to see what they're going to do on offense. Consider this my closing thought, Lester, that... 2022 is all about Justin Fields. It's basically the year of Justin Fields. This is the 2018 season again. 
Now, not quite the same anticipation, certainly not the Mac trade, but that year two of a quarterback is where you get a really good idea of what future they're going to be, which, ironically enough, I mean, 2018 really was a pretty good indicator, as we saw some good from Mitch, and we saw some not as good from Mitch, and it kind of told the story of his career. So, I just want to make sure that going into this season, whether it's the draft or free agency, it's probably going to need to be a little bit of both. The Bears have supported Justin Fields enough that before the season starts, you and I are both willing to say he's got a fair shot at succeeding. You know what I mean? I think that's what the Bears' plan is this year. Like I said, they're not competing for a title, but they're going to compete to get to the point where they want to see what they have in Justin Fields. They have enough from him to where they believe in him long-term. You know, this is not... As much as we all like Justin Fields, you know, he's he's a bear. This is not Ryan Poles' guy. This is not Matt, Matt, Matt Eberflus's guy. This is not the guy this regime drafted. And so whether they, they like him or not, everything we see now is what's going to determine whether he stays in the future. And I, th- I think they'll do that. I, th- I think he has the upside. I think, you know, everyone receives the potential there. You know, you get him some weapons. You get him a little better offensive line. You see the growth in year two. And then year three, when – the cap really clears up. Now you can make a couple splash plays. Now you, the plan is now we're going to add the pieces to our roster that we feel is playoff ready, but it's going to take a year to get there. Yep. Absolutely. It'll take some time and we'll have to let things play out for now. Lester, we're one day into free agency. One we're barely, day. we're barely one day. We're like 12 hours into one free agency. And already the Jags have thrown around more than $200 million in total contracts. Hey, it's a very different approach. I mean, I can't believe that they're log jamming positions as much as they are. And I don't know how they add. Anyways, I'm, this is the Jaguars podcast, <laughs> but uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously, I don't want to say obviously. I'm just a smidge worried. I would have expected. I didn't realize, Lester, how much I was anticipating the Bears to land a big-ticket offensive lineman. Whether, even if it was just a James Daniels signing pretty much immediately or something like that. But I really thought they were going to get one of those centers. And then all three of them went back to their teams. But, hey... It's water under the bridge, and frankly, it's a lot easier to swallow that they all went back to their teams instead of everybody changing teams and the Bears not ending up with one of the shell game guys, you know? Anybody that you're disappointed they missed out on, does that resonate? I mean, the one guy I really thought it was Brian Allen. I thought it just made sense, like I said earlier in the show. He's the one guy I really thought it would happen. Um, everyone else, I'm glad. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to see him in it. I was happy they weren't in on Christian Kirk. You know, I was happy they weren't on some of those those big ticket items. You know, we'll see how the market at receiver kind of settles down on, on day two. You know, is is Chark going to get a huge deal like that? Is Robinson going to get a huge deal? I mean, with Allen Robinson, maybe the, the fences are mended and he comes back. I mean, who knows at this point what happens? But I mean, if if your decision is spending you know sixteen million on Chark or spending seventeen million on a Rob. I'd kind of go with the with the known commodity and a Rob. So it's it's they have a lot of options, and there will be options there. Uh, the, the restricted free agency game is a game they could play as well. So there's a lot of options here. Day one, you know, Bears fans are are, are freaking out. It's day one. They're gonna fill the roster because they right now they have to. <laughs> they do. And hey, you know what, Lester? Maybe we're gonna end up placing a pretty big bet on one specific receiver with pick number thirty nine or something. But you know what? 
Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Either way, plenty of free agency coverage left coming up. Lester, you got anything in the works? Uh, just the tracker will be jumping. We'll have all the news, uh, Bears-related stuff and all the, the bigger bigger NFL stuff on the tracker. Uh, for all the, obviously, with any, any specific Bears moves, we'll have a, we'll have a post on the site as well. And, and, of course, the podcast channel, whether it's your show, my show, uh, Bill's show, whoever show it is, we'll have a show up at some point. Uh, make sure we, we, we are recapping all the stuff, both on the podcast channel. And if it was a little earlier in the day, we'd do something on our video channel as well. But when it gets past midnight, the video kind of, and on my end i know i want to get that ogan joby breakdown out i don't quite have the format yet but once i get the time i'll throw something together and of course i'll be with you all week long as we go through free agency trying to cover i mean mean, probably it's not going to be every free agent there's going to be a point lester where i'm sure they sign like five guys in an hour because it's just always how this stuff works (laughs) but either way Give us a rating on whatever podcast uh, app you listen to, whether that's Stitcher. I know you guys are out there, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever way you listen to us. A rating, a review, and a comment helps more than you know. And until next time, Bears fans, bear down. And thanks so much for bearing with me.